Hello and welcome to another episode of the 905er with me, Roland Tanner. I am Joel McLeod. And today we're work, uh, we're welcoming a, uh, a, a third guest to our Thursday roundtable, um, Laura Steiner, who is uh, the editor and uh, chief reporter at the Milton Reporter in um, uh, one of the in, in the in the other of the of Holton's three beautiful cities. Um, is Milton a city yet, or is it still a still a? It's still a town. There's a lot of. <laughs> There's a lot of back and forth about the t- about the designation. Um, I've been told that basically the only thing that would change would be business cards. So. Oh, exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> so it doesn't you know, really. It, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing with Oakville as well. That yeah, you know, it's, never it's never say city argument. in the hearing yeah. of the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, welcome, uh, Laura. Really great to have you on. And I'll, I'll just sort of fill people in. It was, it was funny. The reason you're on uh, today uh, came together at sort of very short notice. Um, and uh, literally, I was uh, going through Twitter this morning, and you'd posted something about, you know, renaming of, uh, of Dundas Street, which obviously runs through Milton and Burlington and Oakville and all the way from Toronto down to Dundas. Um, and I posted a one-word reply and then realized I was sounding really rude and, you know, Twitter had sucked me in again and I was sounding like a jerk. Um, so I expanded somewhat on my intentions and we had an interesting discussion. And I think we we somewhat uh, perhaps disagreed about um, that particular discussion, but um, we, can, we can explore that why that was, but certainly I think we both had uh, uh, fair points on that. Um and I guess just to, again, fill people in, pe- most people have heard this already. I mean, uh, Toronto is discussing, uh, I think it's decided, haven't they, to rename Dundas yes. Street. The, the city council voted pretty much to rename Dundas Street to something else uh, to be determined. Yeah, which, I mean, and, and Dundas, that only applies to their bit of Dundas, which actually runs. How, however, however, Roland, uh, Bonnie Crom- Mayor Crombie in Mississauga has talked uh, about renaming their stretch of Dundas to something else as well. Um, and they were looking at what Toronto was going to do and as well. There is of course, Dundas, Ontario, which is uh, a whole town township associated with Hamilton. And there's talk about renaming that name to something else uh, as well. So uh, I hadn't heard the Dundas town part. So, well, it, it's te- from what I've read, it's technically not like an official incorporated township, like, you know, the town of Milton, but it's, um, I mean, if you drive through it, they have signs, uh, you're now in Dundas all over the place. And there's even a riding, uh, Hamilton, uh, Caster West, West Dundas that, you know, the, the, this kind of stuff may, uh, you know, it, it has, it has big repercussions, I guess is, is what we have to, uh, yeah. But obviously, and it was a, a municipality of itself until amalgamation with uh, Hamilton. So uh, uh, Dundas Town Hall is still in use as a, a hall, not as you know, councils don't meet there anymore. But I guess Ted McMeekin was the last mayor, I think, of Dundas uh, before amalgamation, I believe. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, um, so yeah, we got talking about that. Why? why uh, don't you kind of give uh, your your side of that that uh, that story, Laura? And we can we can explore it a little bit, perhaps. Okay, um, my side is I'm sort of approaching things. I'm as we were discussing before we hit record. I'm I majored in history, so 
my my side of it is I'm it it's color color it's um it sort of hinges a little bit on that but not not too much but um my side is basically that if you take the standards that we know now as 2021 standards we'll say and if you pl- apply them to different eras of course you know of course they're going to be lacking every you know if you think about you know if you think about i think the example i said if anything before 1980 that you're going to find somebody that and if you look hard enough into the major figures you're going to find someone that's xenophobic someone that's anti-islam someone that's you know and on and on and it'll go so nobody you know nobody is perfect it's yeah, perfect it's just- and that's not excusing any any actions over the figures that um, we're probably about to discuss anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's actually, it's funny enough, uh, I was saying to Joel this morning, bizarrely, uh, the whole Dundas thing is kind of uh, multiple stages of my life coming together in a very odd way. Mm-hmm. And that um, the uh, the guy that Dundas uh, town is named after, and actually the, the, the street is named after the town, not after the man, oddly enough. So it's at a remove. Not that that necessarily makes any difference whatsoever, but he was a a Scot, obviously with a name like Dundas, um, and his where he his main family estate was. He was an aristocrat. Was in the town where my parents lived for the last sort of twenty years of their life. It's also where we used to vacation when we were kids, and it's one of the most. Uh, stunningly beautiful places you can ever go to in a little glen in scotland um uh so it's, it's odd um uh to come across i didn't really make the connection between dundas here and dundas over there and um and it's an interesting and for people who don't know i mean why why the street's being renamed is because of the connection between this guy who is henry dundas viscount melville um with uh an an attempt to repeal slavery in Parliament in Britain. So he never came to Canada. This is not a man who was a Canadian. Who he wasn't a, uh, a governor general or anything like that. Um, uh, and uh, but he was associated with the slave trade only in so far as he he uh, basically undermined an attempt to repeal slavery in Britain, and that's why he has become a focus uh, uh, for some people. Uh, in Toronto, I understand. So it's it's quite different from the current discussion of of uh, connected with the First Nations and John A. Macdonald and, and Ryerson. Other than it's a it's another case of people saying, you know, maybe we should be naming things after these people after all. Um, so it's, that was just to give everybody listeners a little bit of background if they don't know, as I didn't a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, why uh, these streets have the names that they do. Um, so, and another odd connection is I have a friend who's one of my best friends back in Scotland who's an author who wrote a book about a slave called uh, Joseph Knight, who um, actually, um, so he was a slave in, in the West Indies. His owner, um, for want of a better word, uh, took him to Scotland. And when he got to Scotland, he kind of, he got married and he kind of ran away. And the guy, the owner, the alleged owner uh, took him to court to uh, sort of say, you can't do that because you're a slave. And it was the first case in, uh, it was the first case in, in Scotland that 
basically said slavery is illegal in this country. You cannot own someone here. You may be able to do it in Jamaica, but you cannot do it here. And involved in that case, uh, on the side of Joseph Knight, was this guy Dundas. Um, he was one of the, the the legal defenders of the former slave, as he became. Uh, so it's an interesting thing. So we have this man on both sides of the argument, um, uh, uh, one side undermining an attempt to repeal slavery entirely in, in the British Empire, and on the other side defending a, 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 a slave in, an, a, um, in a court case that actually was really important in establishing that there was no such thing as slavery in Scotland um, under Scots law. Um, so it's, it's just, for me, it was a really weird um, coming together of different parts of my life, which is completely oh, by the point, yeah. completely irrelevant well, to our discussion. Uh, but I, don't know, I don't know if it's... It's, it's interesting, though. Uh, it is interesting. I don't know if it's irrelevant, though, because it kind of shows the, the kind of nuance that is somewhat lost in these uh, these arguments uh, that, yeah. that, that get thrown out there. Um, I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll make my my point perfectly clear. I'm I'm kind of in favor of renaming things or tearing down statues and all that. Most because I I think, and we've said this before on the on this podcast. I, I think when things are named after fig, historical figures, they're not meant in the in the freight in the context of let's give homage to this person's accomplishments. Because um, I guarantee, like nobody in Canada knew who knew who knew that Dundas was named after Henry Dundas. They don't like, nobody would know that uh, because we're not taught that that's just not part of the, the Canadian curriculum 90% of the time. When you, when the people who name these streets and schools and put up statues and whatnot, it's more about trying to take ownership of the Canadian historical narrative to suit their purposes, which we say is about decide basically about declaring who's Canadian, who's not, you know, it might be a matter of saying like, you know, it has to be a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant male in this part of the country who, who gets to decide the laws and, and the norms and, and whatnot. Um, so I find that like this, this talk of renaming stuff and tearing down statues is more about just kind of reestablishing maybe a new, a new, more modern social order about what we value as Canadians today, today in the modern modern mm -hmm. sense. Um, well, that's sort of the, that that's that's a valid point. But I sort of I kind of I kind of think there's a danger of rewriting a little bit, rewriting history a little bit, because I think um, not to take it totally away from the Dundas example, but um, if you're if you're tearing down statues of McDonald of um, Ryerson of McGill, I think you're going to risk, I think it risks, you know, forgetting these, these people and, and their actions. Like no one, I'm not, again, I'm not excusing at all what's the Indian act or Sir John A. Macdonald's actions. I'm just, you know, I don't think, I, I, I think that should be remembered. And I would actually keep he, I would actually keep the street name and maybe if you want do see if you could design some street signs with a QR code or so that'll take you to a website and learn learn about them and learn why I, th I think um, where we can certainly agree I think all three of us would agree and I just want to recognize at this point that we're all um, white European uh, people yeah. coming from one perspective and we want to 
completely recognize that and and that in many ways we we can you know our own history and background colors our perspectives and knowledge of that completely um however i think we can all recognize that the teaching of history in this country and in many countries but i think uh, has not been good and it's been I think we, 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 and I say this as someone who's been in Canada much less long than others and who didn't go through the school system. So, uh, you know, I'm not exactly an expert. Um, but the, the, that kind of um, myth of Canada the good, as Canada as the country that avoided a lot of the problems, say, of the US or of some other um, uh, countries that were involved in colonialism. Ha- needs to be kind of challenged and we haven't been teaching that to people so this is almost like an opportunity yeah and, and to extend my, my view is i don't care one way or the other if the end result of all this is that uh, either because a name is a street is renamed or because it's not or because a statue stays or because it's gone the children and adults learn a bit more about all sides of canadian history the good the bad and the very very ugly yeah. um then that's got to be a good thing and um I think yeah. I said, you know, this morning I'm willing to take a few, a few tons of uh, uh, of of copper as the price of that. Yeah, <laughs> or I, bronze, I should say, not copper. Yeah, I think um, I think to an extent the whole um, finding the un, the unmarked graves at Kamloops and in Saskatchewan, I think that kind of really ripped the foundations of that Canadian identity as as sort of Canada, the good Canada, the decent. And it's suddenly we're ripping back the, we're tearing away that, that layer. And we're seeing kind of, we're seeing that potentially for one of a better way to put it, we're seeing potentially that Canada possibly com- likely committed genocide is <laughs> again, it's, well, yeah. it's pure opinion, but well the case the case is being made like we're we're yeah. there is one way or the other i i, I agree like it, i think I, I can only speak from my perspective as as a, a a white guy who grew up in the canadian school system and it, it's amazing it's amazing uh amazed me in the last five years how much i've learned about this country that i wasn't taught um and and it Part of it, like the residential school system, we, I mean, we kind of, I remember no, learning that, oh, First Nations kids were taken from the reserves and sent to boarding schools. That was it. That was pretty much what I was taught in Canadian history class. There was no talk about the horrible conditions. There was no talk about, um, you know, the abuse that went on there and 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 the the real purpose of it. We're taught. Oh, we're we're taught that it was there to give them an education. Mm-hmm. We're now. I'm now realizing that was a lie. Like I was lied to as a Canadian student in my high school Canadian history cl- classes. That that's what the curriculum was. Like oh, we're, they were they were they were there to educate. It wasn't there to educate. It was there to brutalize and to shame these kids and and, and to to tear them down. The other thing that I did not know about Canada was that slavery existed in this country um prior to confederation i i i did not know that the extent of slavery in canada was that we were at the end of the line of the underground railroad you know freed slaves came to canada and when they got to canada they were free and, and they lived happily ever after that was not the case but we're not taught that and i've 
there are things I've learned over the last five, like, last couple of years on my own, just through kind of educating myself. Yeah. And there, are, there are a lot of. There's, I think there's. I, I'm not. I'm not comparing it to the anger that First Nations people are feeling, or to any racialized Canadians that are out there. But th- I do feel anger that I was not presented the truth. That I, I was. I was expected to buy into this myth unquestioningly and be, you know, be a good Canadian student and buy into this myth. And I think there are a lot of people who are out there who are like me that are waking up to this and they're not. They're not comfortable with, uh, with the reality uh, that that we're uncovering. And so I, I get the anger. I get the anger towards the let's re, let's rename the streets and towns and tear down the monuments and, and the statues and all that because um, that that anger's there and it's and it's real on a whole variety like a whole spectrum of levels. Well, are people being asked to to fundamentally re reassess beliefs in some cases they've had for eighty years, and, and that's not an excuse to say you don't have to do that. You know, facts are facts, uh, and we have to acknowledge the truth as we understand it uh, right now. However, I, I guess I do also understand that people have had a comfortable view of our past that is that they don't really want to give up on because it is a good myth. It's a myth, but it's a nice myth, right? You know, yeah, it's that it, kind of we're the polite country. We avoid, you know, we we weren't we weren't perfect, but we weren't like those other guys. You know, this is kind of the quote uh, yeah. I keep on saying all the time. You know, and it's it's yeah, we don't want to give that up. Uh, but I think what we all have to emphasize is that well, a history is history, and you know if you, if the facts are the facts, and you just have to accept it, and then. Be the, the the fuller picture, a more nuanced picture, you know. And it would be nice. I mean, it'd be nice. It's so difficult to get, say, the story of someone like uh, Dundas, who was an aristocrat. He did all kinds of crappy things. Um, uh, you know, I'm not one to defend uh, the equivalent of billionaires, even when they lived hundreds of years ago. But, um, but these people were very complex, multifaceted, and they they, they were they could do monstrous things. As McDonald definitely did, while also doesn't without necessarily denying some of the other things that yeah. the things that people have liked about someone like McDonald. Um, yeah, uh, that um, you know he's a man coming from mm-hmm. the Scottish Enlightenment. Actually, I mean Scotland is a thing that I used to do work on, so <laughs> I'm always bringing it back to things I know about. So I was sorry about that. <laughs> Um, but you know he's coming well, from this from, from the point of view of, of sci- scientific and kind of but modern I, I thinking wanna, man. I, just, I want to hear what, what Laura, what you, like your thoughts on on the the whole thing. Like what's with like, the McDonald's what, side of it? Well, not just like what, I'm, I, I kind of want to go back to the the whole like. Are, do you think like it's like what do you think we're losing by taking down a statue or or renaming a street? Um. Well, taking down the statues and like. I think it makes it e- I think it makes it easier for those figures that if you're taking down a statue to sort of to fade into the uh, to fade into the background a lot easier and you know and the old saying goes that those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. I'm not saying that you know but um I think that's kind of my fear with getting rid of the statues. Would would it but, be better sorry sorry go ahead. Go on. Oh, I was going to say, would it be would it be better if we put like a plaque detailing, like outline, like who they were, like what? Because that, that's the other thing is you you have these statues to like uh, Ryerson up, yeah, and I'm like 
I'll be honest, aside from like the last couple of weeks, I didn't know who the, who the hell Ryerson was. <laughs> like I, I didn't, he, like it, you, if you went to Ryerson university, you probably knew, but I, I didn't know the detail of Ryerson's history in the, in this country until the last few, last few weeks. And like, what would it be more sense to put like a plaque or some kind of detail? Like why we actually have a statue of some dude. I, uh, I think that would make, I think that would make more sense. Yeah. But again, it's, you know, I just, I think there's a, from my perspective, I, I think there's a fear of forgetting history and you sort of, you don't want to go, go too far down that road either. No, no, right? of course not. Because yeah. well, I think we do, we do important to, to remember, you know, we want to, we want to, I think we're going to spend generations probably trying to, um, trying to atone for what happened to, what happened with the first nations in the residential schools and, you know, and, and there will be a, an awful lot of, there's an awful lot of hard work to be done in rebuilt and building those relationships and rebuilding that trust. And it's going to take a very long, it's going to take a long time to do. I will say this. I'm, I'm thankful that you made the argument that you're making as opposed to the, Oh, it's going to cost us so much money to rename Dundas. <laughs> Because that that's that's the only that's honestly the that only is cal- practical. Well, that, that's side that's of the, it too, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I mean that's the, that's what I'm, I that's the argument I I always see. Is, yeah. Oh, it's going to cost so much money to rename it. I'm like, who cares? I, you know, that's it's, such a small yeah. It's a small. It's a small. It's a small amount in terms of the city's budget. It's not going to change anything. Um, and it, it, you know, and then like, oh, it could be spent on so many other things. Like, yeah, that's the problem. Is that you know the money. You know, decide what to spend it on uh, is but, that. Yeah. But the compromise also is keeping them in a, keeping a statue in a museum as well. Well, I tend to think of that like people who get really worked up in, in, in the Southern states. I mean, I think there's, there's no defense for, uh, uh, for, for the, for those statues in, in the South are beyond indefensible, but if you really care about history, yeah, stick them in a museum. Well, but there, there's all kinds of statues and museums be, around the world. Wouldn't it be great just to put it in a park, like especially Toronto? Everybody complains about Toronto has no great parks. And like, wouldn't it be great to take those statues and put them actually in a park along a path that you could actually go and bike or run or, or walk along and, you know, while you're getting fit and whatnot, you can, Taking a bit of history, I think it would. Yeah, I think it'd have to be. It'd have to be contextualized because I mean, I mean, the the irony is, I mean, so I I did a little bit of reading last week because I went down this huge rabbit hole, Uh, and the conclusion I came to came to is like the statue that should be pulled down is is less of McDonald and more of Alice, uh, uh, a guy whose name I can hardly remember, but I think it's Alistair McKenzie, who was the prime minister after McDonald. Who was the one who passed the Indian Act? It wasn't McDonald's who passed that. Now, oh. would he have done? Sure he would. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, they all would have done the same thing. Uh, uh, the Indian Act was not controversial, uh, as far as I can see, when it was passed. Um, however, he has, I think there's probably only one statue of him in Canada, uh, and no one knows who he is. So he's, he's not a particularly good target. Um, I don't want to use the word target. No, target's a good word. There are good reasons for activists to, to, to want to focus on someone like McDonald. I mean, because you're an activist and you want to get attention, and that's a perfectly credible and fair thing to do and he's, as someone trying well, to raise he's an the issue. Well, prime minister, so... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, 
but his statue is there in Ottawa. And it's like, I don't think anybody knows who Alice, uh, the guy whose name I can't Alexander keep on forgetting. McKenzie. Alexander McKenzie. Yeah. Uh, so I guess second prime minister of Canada. Um, uh, here's the thing. Few here, people always say, here's the thing, Roland. A few Canadians can actually name all the prime ministers of Canada in order. You might oh, be able to, you might be able to get back to like you know 1980. You could be able to get back maybe to Trudeau, but after that, people have a hard time remembering who was the prime ministers prior to that. And, and probably most countries have a bit of that. I mean, I think in Canada we're, we're particularly. I mean, the reputation of Canadian history is that it's kind of boring, right? I mean, I've heard that from Canadians. I, I'm not making that up. Is that a fair thing to say? It is not meant fair. I don't I mean, know. It's I, a reputation. I'm not saying it's a fair it. reputation. I'm just saying. See, it's a I, I would see. Here's the thing. I'm going to counter that point by saying, uh, no, we were taught a, a sanitized version. The, the, right. If you think yeah. about it, the, the version the, we're learning the real history of Canada, and that is, sorry, that's valid. Well, I was I was going to say like we you know there's a darker side to Canadian history that we're waking up to that no one was taught. And so, you know, when you're taught the sanitized version, yeah, it's a pretty, you know, oh, we're nice and polite and, you know, we, we're go, go get them kind of people. But since 1867, like we're talking about clearing out the prairies uh, for settlement forcefully. Like there's the RCMP, then the Northwest Mounted Police were created with the intention of clearing out large swaths of the prairies for, uh, for colonization, uh, you know, we don't talk about that. We talk about Sam Steele and he, he, you know, the, 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 um, heritage minute of keeping all the drunk Americans out with their guns just by his, uh, you know, sheer will. And that's what we like to think, but we don't think about the, you know, the, the other side of it is no, the Mounties went in and took these children off from their parents and put them on trains to go to schools where they were abused. We don't talk about that. Now we're starting to. And that's why I, I think you're, you're seeing a lot of anger. There's a, there's a, there's a, for a lot of white Canadians, there's a realization that we were lied to about our country for a good number of years. It's not on par with what happened to the first nations and it's not comparable, but there is an anger there. And that's why I see like the, the Tearing down the stat, I, I, I have a pro I have a problem with the deifying these statues of oh they're so sacred and we must preserve them, when the majority of other Canadians can't tell aside from McDonald who any other notable Canadians were. Mm -hmm. I think that 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 that's a really, yeah that's a good point probably a good point to leave it on. Certainly, I, I wish uh, and certainly not uh, uh, this is not the impression I got at any point from your comment, uh, Laura, at all this morning. Um, but but from from some other people, uh, some politicians in particular in Canada, like if you, you showed one you know one percent of 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 the of the uh, concern for those First Nations children lying in in schoolyards across the, the nation that you are currently showing for a statue, um, you know, <laughs> it would be nice to you know really you know let's get our priorities right here. Um, yeah, but, and the uh, and the boil water advisories. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Definitely. Really. So that's kind of that, that's kind of anyway. I'm yeah, gonna get yeah, way right. way yeah. off topic. You know what else? No, not at all. No, you know what else is going on? <laughs> what else is going on in Milton? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Milton expert. Um, Come on. <laughs> uh, um, well, there's there's actually there's quite a bit. There's I've been 
quick introduction. I've been, I've lived here since the late 80s, mid 80s, and it's gone from a really small town, 32,000. And now we're up uh, a little over 130,000, I think now. And um, it's, the difference is crazy since 2000 with the big pipe and we're con- and council here is continuing to struggle with that growth, I think, and accommodating it. And mm-hmm. um, just there's whole uh, go on. Well, I was just going to say like, we've kind of talked about it in the, on the set podcast before, but the, the two main issues that we've noticed were a, uh, the CN rail hub always yeah. seems to be the, the focal sticking point. And the big issue we thought was the kind of 180 turn turnaround of this town council for the highway 413, which we didn't quite get how that, you know, how, how that came to be. The 413, I, I'll be honest here. I'll, I'll be honest. Like there's been just been, there's been a lot going on. I've tried to cover a lot of, um, a lot of the COVID stuff and I haven't really dived into the mm-hmm. di- dived into the 413 issue yet but i've been sort of following it through uh through the pointer through through the pointer yeah um, yeah yeah but yeah that is kind of uh th- that's a bit of a surprise because i was going i was actually that's on my list of things to in l- look into but i sure, i officially i i don't i i'm at a loss to explain that as well mm-hmm. because um, it's going, I think it'll crisscross somewhere north of Cam- Camelville Brookfield area is my best guess. And, um, so anyway, we did get a, we did have a, have a, have a university announced a few weeks, uh, a couple of, a, few, a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah. And it was, it seemed, it felt like a very hurried announcement. I just gotten the provincial notice that day that mm-hmm. morning, like a couple of hours before. And I wasn't even sure I was going to be able to go in person because of the whole was, COVID thing and stuff. And was that, was that a matter in your opinion, uh, you know, a matter of uh, trying to curry favor uh, to, to secure votes? Because I mean, we're, we're what a year away from a provincial election, just about. In my opinion, to be blunt. Yes. Short answer is yes. Because I mean, I mean, Ford, Ford and the conservatives have not mm-hmm. been, they're not riding high in the polls. Uh, no. and, and a lot of people are upset with how COVID has uh, unfolded in this province. And, yeah. I've no, and I've noticed that there is a lot, a lot in the 905, particularly in Halton, of kind of let's give them what they want. All of a sudden, let's just kind of find yeah. the money to give them what they want. There's some really, um, in Milton, I think there's going to be some, pretty uh, some very ugly dynamics because uh parn gill it's i i did a couple of stories on it parn gill won the nomination through um through there was some some allegations of fraud and i found that out because one of my sources was was with the liberal party of canada and so they got a letter to summons to come and vote basically is what happened and um, and the, so there was like a lot of, a lot of bad blood there a little bit. And, uh, fast forward to now he's really, I, I'm not sure he's very popular at all in the writing. I've talked to him for the, for the record. I've talked to him quite a few times and he's a nice guy, 
but I'm just not, I'm just not in the right. I'm just, I just don't know him in, in the writing. Well, he, he's very he was popular. Up, he's bumped he's up all, parliamentary, parliamentary assistant, right? Yeah. To, minister. So he's actually, yeah, he's a full minister, is he? Yeah, I want to say citizenship and immigration, but I'm probably Oh, you're right. Wrong. That's it. And he, the, this is the, the PC, he's a PC MPP, obviously, for for yeah. uh, for Milton, right? Yeah. And he's going to be, the liberal candidate for this area is Ward 4 Councillor Samira Ali. Oh, okay. And okay. there's some past there because she was, she initially helped out one of the, one of the, you guys probably know one of the regional councillors here ran against Parm Gill for the nomination and lost. And she was involved with that campaign. So it's going to, could be, it's going to be ugly. We'll say it, <laughs> it's going, it's going to be ugly. I think. Uh, uh, just in, going in a slightly different direction. I mean, um, the council, I mean, what's, what's Milton council like? I mean, it, it's the, of all the councils in in the in the region, it's the one I know least about. Other than yeah. that, that Gord Krantz has been around since Adam was a lad, and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> looks like he'll be around for That's a bit a longer. Good way to describe it. Um, <laughs> so council, um, it's hard to. There's there's a mix right now. I think it's going through a bit of a. a, a it might be going through a bit of a generational change at some point. Um, Certainly, you've got sort of the stall, the stalwarts, Rick Councilor Rick Malbo, Rick Malbo in Ward Two. Um, Mike Cluett is I, Mike Cluett's been in there since 2010, and um, and I'm trying to remember somebody. And Colin <laughs> Bess has been in there forever as well. And but then on the younger side, you've got uh, Ward Councilors and Christina Tessar Dirksen and Samira Ali. And they're sort of, they're younger, they're more, I think, a little bit forward thinking. There's been a bit of a push to be more environmentally um, thinking in terms of the environment. And that's come come from Christina mostly, mm-hmm. and a lot from Christina. And there's also like a return, there's also John Chalinor has returned, I can't remember how many years it's been since he was last on council, but he's return back but it's really kind of a mix of older guard mm-hmm. and if you're that, listening that's, i'm that's, sorry colin if you're listening to but that, that kind of seems to be the the, the i mean that, that's kind of the, the part but that's kind of part for the course when it comes to municipal councils yeah. um re- like once you get in there it's really hard to yeah. turf you out like you kind of have to screw up really badly like you know you ha- kind of have to kick the baby to really you know to, to really People say, I, I want you gone. Um, you know, because, but I mean, the, the problem is that, you know, as you said, Milton has grown exponentially. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in, a, in one generation. Oh, and yeah. that's, and, you know, it kind of, I don't know, I just find that, I find I, that that's a recipe for disaster when you, when your council doesn't kind of keep yeah, up no. with the change that's happening. And I think that we're kind of starting to see that a little bit now with, um, the uh, latest at their most recent council meeting, they approved a develop uh, to re- a development for two residential towers at the corner northwest corner of um, Bronte and Main Street, and it was an old TSC store, and it's like seventeen and eighteen story towers on that lot, 
And it was the second, that meeting had the second, uh, was the second, um, re- second public meeting under the pa- planning act about that. And um, they went ahead and approved it. And the what, residents the were the residents, the residents, cause it was a second public meeting I'd sat through. The residents were saying, look, we know there's, we know there's going to be growth here. We're not completely, um, we're not completely blind to that fact, but we just want to manage it. Right. And then like they, they, they were perfectly willing to say, okay, we have to have this growth, but can you, can you maybe chop the height down a little bit? Because well, in that area, it's uh, no sounds, sounds like a familiar story. Um, that, that's what we're going to uh, say. Like it's a, <laughs> it kind of really seems to be a similar refrain across yeah. all the communities in, in the 905. Um, it is, yeah, yeah we, we do need to grow, but it's that feeling of, of, of growth that isn't... And I, the, yeah, it's difficult to put into words. But, yeah. um, and there's some sense this count, and there's some sense that this council is scared of the LPAT, scared of LPAT, of going to LPAT and saying, listen, yeah. our residents realize our residents realize there's going to be growth in that area, but they want, you know, to try even to try to mediate uh, some kind of um, some kind of solution where, you know, maybe it's not 18 and 17, maybe it's 12 and 14, you know, it's, it's, it's really tough. So that's and, kind and of, this is a, uh, yeah. I mean, and these things have the potential. I mean, so in Burlington four years ago, it was a huge issue that still, well, it's kind of rumbling on now. I mean, so Burlington has recently, you know, it's big announcement from the provincial government was that the uh, urban growth center yeah. would be uh, re rejigged and kind of moved closer to the, to the station. Uh and without getting into the, into that whole thing, but you know, this is this. I find it interesting that basically you can go to every town in the nine hundred five, and I think similar things would be under discussion. Mm-hmm. And yet, and this is ultimately a provincial thing, particularly the LPAT as a provincial thing. And that I don't know of any of the provincial parties who are talking about planning reform or, or changing the way that we do things uh, in this province. And I, I. I don't know why that is because I feel like, you know, if, if one of those three parties grabbed LPAT and said, and really ran with it and said, you know, we've got to change this, they would have armies of 905ers <laughs> marching in to vote for them. So, uh, but, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's well, really, cause it's, it's really, it's, it's tough. Well, Laura, what, I was going to ask, what do you think is going to be the, the, the election issue next Provincially next uh, next year, I, I think a lot of people are counting on it to be kind of a referendum on Doug Ford's management of uh, of the pandemic. Um, but I mean, is that going to be the case? I, I do you think like within a year, like we're going to be back to these the the issues of you know juris- well, the, municipal jurisdiction. The pen the pandemic is gonna is going to loom very large. I think for a long time. I at least for the rest of this year, I'm not sure about 2022, but I, I think it's only fair to have that as a referendum for his, um, of his leadership. But that's, um, that's if he isn't gone by then, because my, my personal theory is with this last is I think back in back a few months ago when he was talking, coming out so hard, trying to give 
all these police forces, the power, the powers mm-hmm. and the, then the police forces right, right. started saying, no, we don't want them. I think there, I think there might've been a breakdown then. And because you've got the legislative branch, the executive branch telling, you know, setting out these powers and then the ones that enforce them are, are saying no, are, are saying, no, we don't want them. And it's like, how long it's significant. Mm -hmm. It's how long is that? Does that relationship, is that relationship repairable? So I was kind of thinking with this last cabinet, cabinet shuffle where you have, where you have Rod Phillips back. It's again, the three names that opposed him for the leadership were Christine Elliott, Caroline Maroney, Rod Phillips. Now they're all back and he's kind of in some trouble now. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that shuffle might've been the last, um, a last ditch effort to possibly save his leadership. Because I think I, I, w- I was saying that and I almost, I should have asked, I should have asked, I, I should have asked that. Like I, I was saying that cause I would love to know what the party's numbers versus what his numbers are, because chances are it might be a case where the PCs can win if they, um, if they picked a new leader. Well, we, we've so, talked, we've Roland and I have talked about this offline is that just because you're tanking in the polls doesn't mean you're going to lose. Um, no. Because, campaigns are their own they're, they're completely their own their own animal yeah a, exactly and you know we've noticed that we've noticed that some of the like the 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 ndp are falling into the same old pattern that they've always gone into where you know they almost seem terrified of actual power um yeah. you know aside, aside from andrea horvath and Merritt styles who's the the education critic Name like wh- who are who are the all star NDP candidates? Somebody I saw somebody online point out um, like you need the nine hundred five to win this province. That's like mathematically that's a fact. Yet name me who the NDP all stars are in Peel, Halton, or uh, or or Niagara re- region or up up near York uh, York and Vaughan. You can't because they don't have any, and that to me is telling. Like they they don't they just they're they don't have a yeah. game plan to win. The liberals, on the other hand, you know, they're riding high in the polls. But I pose it to you again: name me who their all-star, aside from Michael Coteau, who's been there's been talk that he's going to jump ship to f- the federal scene, maybe, maybe not. But in the nine hundred five, he's, he's uh, f- officially announced that. I think that's a, that's he? definitely a thing. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I've, Someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty I, sure. I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. But I, I mean, in the 905 region, who are the all-star candidates that are going to that are going to win the win this region for the Liberals? And I have yet to hear of any. I'll I'll be honest here. I think I think Samira can. Okay. She's got. It's going to be hard work, but she's. Um. I I know her. I know her personally, and. She's up to it. She's up for it. She's right, and people with proven proven track records of having run in elections and won in elections yeah. is never something you want to ignore. Um, winners win, right? Um, yeah, but it, it's, the, again, she's got to get through the campaign, which I I suspect will be ugly. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, All right. Well, I think we're coming up on the end of this uh, this episode, so I'm going to call quits, and I think we should all. 
pat ourselves on the back for a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Laura, thank you very much for coming on and joining us uh, tonight to have this, uh, have this chat. It's been uh, a great yeah, conversation. Thanks for having me. I hope to maybe hopefully we'll do this come together, back sure. again sometime. Yeah. So. That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.